um, and we were thinking about gathering together to seek God's presence uh, in scripture and in prayer and in sharing life together. Um, And I've been really encouraged this week um, just chatting with lots of you. Lots of you seem to have really taken hold of this idea uh, of either lighting literal fires or lighting metaphorical fires, um, gathering people uh, in different ways uh, to do that. Um, So there's something about that image that seems to capture the imagination. So we're going to stay with that image a little bit uh, and maybe as we go on into the rest of this kind of term or season, uh, we're going to kind of keep that as our main title uh, over the things we're going to be, be thinking about. Um, but maybe this week we're going to have a slight shift of direction. Um, maybe if there's one danger with that image of gathering around the fire, um, it might be that we, we kind of gather, as we gather around the fire, we turn our backs on the world. That behind us there's a world that is dark and without light and without warmth, but we can be kind of happy to be around the fire having fellowship together. Um, and maybe it, it's kind of worth flagging up that in the current circumstances where life is a bit strange and we're a bit discombobulated and all over the place, it's very natural in those circumstances to maybe th- be thinking first of how do we get a bit of warmth and a bit of light and connect with each other and kind of encourage ourselves and encourage each other. Um, But I guess I also want to encourage us that this is also a a time when it's important for us to think about our neighbours, when it's important for us to think about the world uh, around us, Uh, people in our neighbourhood, people in the world around us who also need the warmth and light of Jesus. It's important that we don't become so inward focused and having a great time together around the fire that we forget about them. Um, Maybe when we think about the church in the book of Acts, as we've been been thinking the last number of weeks, um, when you think about the church in Acts, uh, for me, kind of the two things that really strike you are, one, the the quality of their fellowship together. They're together and they're sharing everything and they have this kind of quality of, um, of life together. But the second thing is their outward focus, that the fire was always spreading. <laughs> so as you read through the book of Acts, they're sharing the gospel everywhere they go and they're planting new churches. And it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they weren't just so excited about being together and having fellowship together that they forgot about the world. The very opposite was true. The fire, they wanted to share the fire with others. And as you, you read Acts, you get the sense of little fires kind of spreading further and further a field. Um, and so I guess for the next few weeks, um, we want to think a little bit about that outward aspect of thinking about our mission to our neighbours. Um, and we want over the next number of week, weeks to think very practically about this season that we're in and what it might look like in this season to have a mission to our neighbours. Um, but I guess this week to sort of take us in that direction, Uh, I want to think with you a little bit about God's mission. Because before we think about our part and our mission, it's good for us to get a sense of God's heart for mission uh, and God's mission in the world. Uh, So that's what I want to think with you about a little bit uh, this morning. And I want to start big and then get small uh, in the way we think about it this morning. Um, So the first thing I want to talk about is this, is that when we think about God's mission, God's mission 
is a... Oh, I should have had that image up when I was talking about mission. Enjoy that slide for a wee second there, so I haven't wasted uh, putting that up there. Uh, God's mission is about all things. Um, I want to show you a few verses. Um, I, I, it's something that really strikes me. There's a number of verses in the New Testament that talk about God's plan, God's purpose. And they use this little phrase, all things. Sorry, my, my font may have gone a bit funny here, but hopefully you'll be able to read it. Um, first one's this, Colossians 1. God was pleased, speaking about Jesus, to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What is God doing in the world? What is God's mission in the world? It's nothing less than reconciling all things to himself. Here's another one, Ephesians 1. Uh, Paul writes, he made, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good, good pleasure. Well, and what is his good pleasure? What is his will? What is his plan? To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Another translation there says to gather everything together in Christ. That's God's mission. That's God's purpose. Or then in Acts 3, uh, Peter preaching in Acts 3 says, we, Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. What is God's mission restoring all things, reconciling all things, gathering all things together. And finally, Revelation 21, the one seated on the throne said, I am making all things new, right? So we're starting very big. What is God's mission in our world? What is God's purpose? It is nothing less than um, restoring, reconciling, gathering all things, making everything new. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I find that really, really encouraging to come back to again and again. Um, there are a lot of things going on in our world. A lot of people maybe feel right now like this is just one of those, one of the maddest times we've ever lived through. Um, and there's so many problems and so many crises and so much brokenness and so many needs. Um, I don't know how you feel about all that. Um, I was watching the news a few days ago and my attention was caught by a story about a war that is happening right now between Armenia and Azerbaijan, um, two countries that most of us would probably struggle to find on a map. And then suddenly there's a story of war and people's homes being destroyed and people's children dying and unbelievable um, heartache uh, and damage and brokenness. Um, and it, it struck me at any moment in our world, there are wars being fought somewhere, right? Um, and so many big things going on. Famines and refugee crises and terrorism and environmental disasters and racial tension and political divides and confusing questions about sexuality and gender and unemployment and debt and addiction and marriage breakdown and depression and suicide and all those big things that are in the headlines and on our TV screens and maybe in our minds and thoughts as well. Um, what, what do we do with all that? Um, how do we think about all that? How do we pray about all that? Um, what, do, what do we do in response? Um, 
you and I know it's good for us as Christians to be engaged and to be aware and to have our eyes open and not just put our head in the sand. Um, but I wonder, do you ever have a moment when you just feel overwhelmed by all, all the things that are going on in the world? Do you ever have that feeling of we, we can't carry them all in our hearts and minds? We actually can't even care about all the things. Do you ever reach the end of your compassion and realize I can't even, I can't take all, I'm too limited to take all these things on my mind and heart? Do you ever feel tired just thinking about them all? all the brokenness that's in the world. Um, There are times when we want to encourage you as we're here in MCF to engage and think and act and and all the rest. Um, But this morning, I want to encourage you to rest in this, this morning, that God's mission has not stopped. Um, Whatever kind of mad moment our world is in right now, God's mission is still the same as it has always been. God is not overwhelmed. God is not taken by surprise. God is not in despair. His mission is the same as it's always been. It is to bring all things in heaven and earth to a good end. To gather all the broken pieces together in Jesus. To heal everything that's broken and make all things new. Um, I want to encourage you to rest in that this morning and to trust that. Um, I don't know about you, whenever... Whenever I, I feel like we have to try to solve it all ourselves, um, I think we get paralyzed by the complexity and the overwhelming needs. But when, we, when we're able to trust in God and his good plan and his good purpose and his good mission and let him look after the all things, then we're kind of liberated a little bit to ask, well, what, what good can I do today? How can I play some small part in his big mission? But God is the one who looks after the all things um, and holds them in his hand and brings all things together and makes all things new. So that's kind of where I wanted to begin. That, that kind of starts us pretty big. What is God's mission? Um, it's nothing less than um, reconciling and healing all things. Um, but there's kind of a second thing I want to focus on uh, this morning, and this is where we get very small. Um, God's mission is about all things. But God's mission is also about one lost sheep. Right. It's about all things. It's about one lost sheep. I want to read you uh, some very famous verses from Luke 15. Um, I just want you to listen to these words. Uh, the beginning of Luke 15. The tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Um, The story never gets old, (laughs) I think. Um, God cares about the big things. He cares about all the things. He has a plan and a purpose for the whole cosmos. 
But, but here in this story, we discover something amazing, that he cares very deeply about one lost sheep or about one lost person. He notices the one who's gone missing and he goes after them. He searches until he finds them. He carries them home on his shoulders and then he throws a party. Um, and if you forget uh, anything else that I say this morning, uh, I want to encourage you to remember this, that Jesus is saying this is what God is like. Right? This is what God is like. He notices the one, he goes after the one, he carries them home and he throws a party because there is nothing makes him happier and more glad than one sinner coming home, one lost sheep coming back. Um, God's mission is big, but it's also very small and intimate. Um, God's mission is cosmic, but it's also very personal. Um, and so if you and, I, if you and I were to kind of look out the window and ask, what is God doing in the world right now? We could say he's working to reconcile all things to himself, but we could also say he's seeking after one person who's lost. And there's no contradiction between the two. Um, I think that, that this is how God heals the broken cosmos. He doesn't heal it from a distance, though presumably he could, but he comes down into the mess and the brokenness and seeks after this one and this one and this one. And actually, uh, the big issues that, that we were talking about a minute ago, um, in the end, all of those big issues, the reason that they matter is that they're all about people. They're all about individuals with names and families and stories. Um, actually, when I, when I was watching that news story about the war uh, in Armenia and Azerbaijan, what, what really moved me in the story was two mothers who appeared on the screen at different moments in the news report. Um, two ordinary middle-aged mothers who'd lost children in the, in the fighting. And one of them simply cried out in grief and anger and called for the death of her enemies. And you kind of understood that human reaction. The other one later on in the report said this. She said, we are all mothers there and here, and our hearts are aching. Right? And I guess what struck me is God hears the cry of that one mother in pain. Right? And he hears the cry of that one mother, whether she's in Azerbaijan or in Mount Sandal. Um, or that one teenager, or that one old man, or that one child. This is what Jesus is teaching us in this parable. God cares about the one. God goes after the one. Um, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what does it mean to be lost? I guess to be lost means to not know where we are, uh, to not know where we're going, to have forgotten where our home is. Um, I don't know very much about sheep. I'm, not, I'm hopefully not going to show my ignorance here, but I, I'm going to imagine being a sheep for a second. Um, I imagine sheep sometimes know that they're lost and get scared. They're, they're lost and confused, and they bleat in fear and alarm because they're, they're lost. Um, and sometimes with people as well, um, lostness can be very obvious. Some people are lost and confused and in a mess, and it's obvious to them and it's obvious to everyone around them that they're lost. Um, I imagine it's also possible that sometimes sheep don't know that they're lost. <laughs> um, 
they, they wander from one clump of grass to another and they're getting further and further from home and they don't realise that they're in danger. They don't see the storm closing in. They don't see the cliff edge. They don't see the, the wild animals that are lurking. They're just merrily going from clump of grass to clump of grass. Uh, and that strikes me as very true of people as well. Um, sometimes people don't know that they're lost. Uh, they don't know that they're in danger. Sometimes lostness can be very well hidden behind a smile and a confident manner on a successful life, behind a well-painted front door and a well-kept lawn. People can be lost. Um, sometimes people even try and hide the lostness from themselves uh, and pretend that everything is fine uh, when it's not. Um, and I guess I was wondering this, is who are the people in our neighbourhood who are lost this morning? Um, and maybe I, I want to say this, maybe, maybe it's you. Um, maybe if you're honest this morning, you've lost your way and you keep walking and you try to look confident. But if you're being honest, you don't know where you're going. You've lost touch with whom, uh, with your identity. Um, if that's true, um, I want to make sure I tell, I tell you this this morning, that God is looking for you this morning. He loves you. He is coming after you. And he is relentless. And he won't give up until he finds you and carries you home. Sorry, my images have all got a bit blurred this morning, but you can see what that's meant to be. Um, all you need to do is bleat and admit that you're lost and let yourself be found and let the good shepherd carry you home. Right? So if you're tuning in online at home, if you're here in the building, if you're feeling this morning that you know, you know what, uh, at the core of your being that you've lost your way, uh, I want to encourage you that God is looking for you and I want to encourage you to bleat this morning and let him carry you home. Um, but I want to I maybe challenge all of us this morning as well. Um, what would it mean for us as Christians this morning um, to have this same heart? Um, actually, I'll come to that in a wee minute. Um, to have this same heart, to care about the one, to notice the one who's wandered away, to notice the one who is lost or hurting or struggling, and to be willing to leave the comfort of the sheepfold and to go, go looking. Um, I guess I've been challenged as I thought about this. We can spend a lot of time watching the news and thinking about big world issues. And sometimes we simply get overwhelmed and confused or even agitated and anxious as we do that. Um, and a lot of the time we'd be better off to turn off the TV, shut the laptop, put the phone in a drawer, put down the newspaper and go and look for someone we can love in the name of Jesus. Um, when Jesus first sent out his disciples uh, in Matthew 10, he said something to them that can sound very strange. He said to them, do not go out among the Gentiles or enter into any town of the Samaritans. And if you, re if you know your New Testament a little bit, that's kind of surprising because you think, um, we know that Jesus cares about the Gentiles, right? We know that Jesus cares about the Samaritans. So why does he... Uh, tell his disciples not to go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans at that point in the story. Um, it seems like Jesus wanted his disciples to start where they are. He says, rather, go to the lost sheep of Israel. Um, and I've been really challenged the last couple of weeks by someone shared with me 
uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this verse, uh, which really brings the challenge home for us today. And this is what he says. He says, don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Right? Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. And I felt like the challenge for me was um, don't try to win arguments with strangers on the internet. Don't try to solve every global political issue. Stop obsessing about whatever Donald Trump is doing today. Because there's someone in your street who is lonely. There's someone in your school who is hurting. There's someone in your work who is anxious. There's someone in your family who's overwhelmed. Go and look for them, right? I find myself, if I can be really blunt, wondering, what if over the next few weeks, God's people here spent less time obsessing about the American election and more time going to the people who are around us in the name of Jesus to show his love. Um, And whenever you find them, when you find one who's lost or confused or hurting, it's always important to remember, it's not your job to carry them home or rescue them. You're not their savior or messiah. But you can sit beside them. You can listen to them. You can reach out a hand of friendship. You can speak a word of encouragement. You can pray for them and with them. You can maybe carry their burden a little. You can offer a little practical help and you can point them to Jesus. You can tell them that you yourself um, are just like them, that by yourself you get lost and confused and afraid, that you're often foolish and lonely and ashamed, that often you are also a very silly sheep. Is that not true? (laughs) Um, But that there's someone who came looking for you and carried you home with joy And that same someone is looking for them. And that same home is waiting for them. And that same joy is waiting to celebrate with them. Um, And so I want to encourage you, very simple encouragement this morning. Uh, Maybe this week, don't try to solve the problems of the world. Go to the lost sheep of Mount Sandal, of Balamani, of Akadui, of Port Stewart, of wherever you are. See what you can do to love in the name of Jesus and point people to the shepherd uh, who has carried us home and wants to carry them home uh, as well. Um, Let's pray together and then we're going to sing before uh, we break bread this morning. Um, Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that in your amazing love, You came looking for each of us. I want to thank you that you are able to care about the whole world and all the things. And you have this big plan to to bring healing to the cosmos. And yet you're also able to care individually for one silly sheep that's lost its way. Father, we all know that that was us, that that is us left to ourselves. We want to thank you that you came looking for us, that you carried us home with great joy. And Father, we want to pray very simply this morning, would you give us that same heart for the world around us and for our neighbours? Would you help us to have our eyes open for the one who's lost, for the one who's hurting, for the one who's confused? Would you show us how we can reach out a hand 
in friendship and love? And would you help us to point people to Jesus? Father, we want to pray that even here and now, in our time, in our place, that you would daily add to our number those who are being saved. We want to pray that you would bring lost sheep home. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.